And I'm Birdie. And today's episode is whatever the hell we want. Yay! <laughs> it is our 50th episode and we're closing out our second year of this podcast. Holy shit. So we wanted to do something special. Yeah. We normally pick our movies from the list of animated feature films on Wikipedia and any movie with a theatrical release that has a critics rating of over 50% on Rotten Tomatoes does get its own episode here on Animoa, but we are making exceptions. That is the point of this episode, yes. is to make exceptions to our own rules that we made. We um, have movies that definitely don't meet that 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, and we have movies that are made for TV. Some that we just couldn't really get a hold of very easily, yeah. and some that involve, well, or we're looking at animated sequences that are in live-action uh, live films that... The, the the movies could stand without the animated sequences oh, yeah. and still be films, which is, that's our own little rule. And we have one that we accidentally missed. Yeah. We're oops, sorry. Oops. Oops. Uh, Are we though? Not really. I wasn't a huge fan of that one. Anyway. Um, and, and yeah, some of these were just sort of like personal choices that we like picked up. Like, hey, I watched this a lot when I was a kid. I wanted, I wanted to see yes, what you thought of this. Yes. And things like that. I want to say though, um, we are still watching these in chronological order for yeah. the most part. We're, we're going to go through these mostly in chronological order. We've we've averaged out. There's a, a, a section where we're going to talk about a few clips and we've aver- averaged out that year. But uh, yes. otherwise, it's going to be in chronological order up until where we currently are in our viewing uh, right. order. So we don't go past 1980. Yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking? Oh, I have a special beverage. It's a... Coffee cake flavored pop? Jesus. In more exotic places of the country, they might call it a soda. Oh, a soda. 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 Let's taste this here. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious. Oh, that is sugar and cinnamon in a glass. Yeah, probably too sweet for me. Uh, But I know you like the sweet (laughs) stuff, so there you go. What do you got? Uh, I, I've got um, a little little leftover cider from Thanksgiving. Leftover actually. Thanksgiving oh, cider. Ha <laughs> ha <laughs> That's better. I'm going to be buzzed by the end of this episode. <laughs> Sugar. <laughs> hey, let's just dive right in because this is going to take forever. Yeah. And we don't want to do a two-part early Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, it was unintended. So our first movie today is Hansel and Gretel. And this was kind of my pick. Because I thought we would have watched this, but it didn't have high enough critics rating, if any. Uh, yeah, and that was actually a problem that we ran into a lot for a lot of these. It wasn't that they had a critics rating under 50%, it's just they didn't have a critics rating at all. Yeah. Which is weird for yeah. in a lot of these cases. It's like, well, what happened? How did, the, how did these fall through the cracks? Yeah. But And I know that you like the opera Hansel and Gretel, so yes. I thought you would be excited, and so I was excited, and then we watched movie and we almost didn't make it through <laughs> we almost, like i remember like yeah you, you were over on the couch you're like we gotta we gotta turn this off at some point here and like i was actually like asking like are we gonna stop and i'm like no we have to at least make it through this we we, we set out to watch it and uh, although i really wasn't enjoying it either yeah which is unfortunate because as you said i love the opera so it's uh god what's his name engelbert humperdinck what a what a fun name uh, wrote this opera. Wrote this. Got the Let me finish. Humperdinck. <laughs> it had to. That's fair. It's fair. It's fair. 
Anyway, so Engelbert Humperdinck wrote this opera back in 1893, or it premiered in 1893. So it's like kind of around the time that I, I like a lot of opera from this time, like kind of turn of the century. Um, got a lot of like Puccini sounds around this time. It's um, getting slightly more modern and also uh, Wagner as well, like kind of late Wagnerian sounds because Humperdinck was actually kind of a buddy of Wagner. Oh. So you actually hear a lot of Wagnerian influence and Humperdinck, his, his opera, this Hansel and Gretel opera is kind of Wagner light. It's a short, like it's it's like the equivalent of a single act of an uh, Wagner opera. So it's pretty short. It's like an opera for kids. You could say that, but it's not just for kids. I think it could be for anybody. It's, yeah. it's it's enjoyable for all ages. I mean, I wasn't a kid when I first saw it. I'm more was I in college. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> practically a kid, right? Um, but it, yeah, no. I I actually got to see um, the Met broadcast. Um, the Metropolitan Opera does like they started doing the thing in the theater where they just show operas in in the movie theaters, and they had a Hansel and Gretel one many years ago that I went to and saw and weird production but great opera and I was like this is fantastic and then there was also the live action movie that is the um the opera as well like oh. I, I, I which I vastly preferred to this <laughs> abomination yeah so I had never seen the opera and even yeah. I would say do not watch this movie just go watch the opera yeah, just <laughs> yeah just just go see the opera however you can whatever way you can get a hold of it just skip the puppets skip this nonsense whatever what is it is it stop motion puppetry i guess they i thought they were puppets like actual puppets oh who cares anymore yeah okay <laughs> fair enough yeah who really cares it was not great the voices were pretty bad the, the there was a random barren goose that had no bearing on the plot whatsoever they it was just really nothing. fucking weird the, the the father was kind of the best part it, oh, yeah. the witch was also really good too and Odds are that if you are familiar with Over the Garden Wall, you already know at least one aria from this uh, opera. Best one. Yeah. Rocky la la la. Anyway. Um, so yeah, the, yeah. the dad was pretty good. <laughs> he was pretty fun. And the children's voices were the most annoying. Oh, just awful. Voices. Just got awful. Overheard. Yeah. And honestly, we can just leave it at that and just move on. I'm, I'm ready to move on already. Okay. I don't want to spend too much time on this yeah. one. It's like, all I can say is, yeah, go check out the opera it's a, probably not a bad opera for like a, a starting opera. It's 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 enjoyable. It's beautiful music, honestly. Yeah. Um, you just have to accept that it's a fantasy and there's kind of random shit that does happen, but not as random and shitty <laughs> as this movie. Yeah. Moving on to the um, semi-live action short sequences. Yes. Okay. So yeah, we looked at three sequences from three live-action movies. And those were Anchors Away, Mary Poppins, and Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Yay! And that is incredible in order. Yay! <laughs> so let's talk about Anchors Away first. You, yeah. This was your pick. Yes, because I don't even know if we've had animation alongside live-action in Hollywood. Before that point. point, I don't think so. Yeah. And not to this extent, probably. Yeah. So this sequence is even more impressive because it's a dance sequence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'll watch anything with Gene Kelly in it. <laughs> yeah. Understandable, honestly. So very randomly in the middle of Anchors Away, Gene Kelly goes and dances with Jerry Mouse from yeah. Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know the context because we only watched... Have, have you seen the movie yet? No. Okay. So <laughs> neither of us have context for this. We just see him show up in this kingdom and I guess... 
what Jerry said, like no more dancing or something. Yeah, no more. Jerry is the king, and he says, "Well, no more dancing because I can't dance." So, mm. yep. And of course, Gene Kelly fixes that with his magical charm. <laughs> yes, teaches them how to dance. Yeah, and we almost got Mickey Mouse instead of Jerry Mouse. Oh, but apparently Roy Disney said, "No, yeah. we don't have any money. <laughs> we oh, can't do no. this." Well, this would have been forty-five. So. Okay, yeah, yeah, that would have been a rough time. Yeah. So uh, Gene Kelly stalked MGM and the Hanna-Barbera office, and he's relentless. Yeah. You might call him Gene the Relentless. <laughs> and then we got Jerry Mouse. Yep. And what's impressive about it isn't just pairing live action with animation. It's just how detailed they got with the animation. Yeah. So they rotoscoped and then animated Jerry Mouse over that. Okay. But they didn't stop there. They added shadows and there was reflection. The reflection. Floor, yeah. That was what blew my mind. Like, I, I didn't write down too many notes while we watched it. I was just kind of enjoying it. I, I think I'd seen it maybe once before. Just, a, you know, a clip on YouTube. That's yeah. just what we did. But I that's probably fun. saw a clip for a dance class. Yeah. And I probably saw it for animation purposes. <laughs> hey. Um, but yeah, the reflection was the thing that I wrote down. Like, oh my God. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. They look amazing. Basically, yeah. That's like, it. You, you have to, <laughs> to see it to really believe yeah. how. Do you Fantastic. know um, who they rotoscope? Was it like a, a like a child dancer or something? Or I did not look into that, okay. but it it could have been a child because yeah. of the height difference. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine like a Shirley Temple like kind of person. Maybe I don't yeah. know. <laughs> anyway, cool. And that's how I got my medal. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Mary Poppins. Okay, so this this sequence. I like I feel like probably when I was younger I was I enjoyed it a lot and was looking forward to it and now that I'm older I'm kind of like oh boy here we go let's stop the movie for animation for <laughs> 20 minutes or whatever it's a pretty long sequence but it's still really enjoyable to look at and it is kind of again a technological marvel to look at because of how well they do marry the look of like the live action with the animation and have it like not look too 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 out of place like it it still does you know when you see it but i feel like it's pretty well integrated especially for the time and there's a reason for that (laughs) yeah i haven't been too impressed with it there are small parts where i am like during the, the fox hunt there's a part where Bert grabs the fox and pulls him up onto his horse, and I thought that was cool. Oh, I, yeah. No, I, I wrote that down. Yeah, I like it when the animation and the actual humans touch. Yes. But what I don't like about this animated sequence is that it feels like just a bunch of people walking around a green screen. It, it does feel like that, but here's where I want to talk about. Okay. You, you mentioned the words green screen. This predates green screen. Um, so this actually used a very innovative technique at the time so before green screen there was blue screen blue screen was what was done okay but blue wasn't really the right key color to use as it ended up being green was a a better choice so instead what you've got is this guy named uh this guy i say this guy guy, where did i write the name down petro vlahos came up with a uh Sodium vapor process, which picked the color yellow, a very specific color yellow, which was like only like a single wavelength on the spectrum. And by isolating that from the actual prism that was used in the camera, it made them integrate so much more fluidly and seamlessly and let them do a lot more with like lighting and stuff. And again, like with, with them interacting with stuff, it just 
made it look better. But yeah, I mean, obviously, it's still not perfect. It's still not 100%. I remember also thinking like, it does just kind of look like they're walking around and some stuff is in the background. But anytime they do interact, it does look pretty good. And at least you don't have like a weird halo around everyone, which is usually a problem that you get. Mm. But this guy's innovations and with with that kind of um, chroma keying, yeah, chroma keying led to basically green screen and everything and like all the effects that you got and, you know, like Star Wars and everything, you know, beyond that. So we have a lot to, oh, Mary Poppins, go figure. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's not perfect. And about the animation and the art, I will say it is very vibrant. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, very vibrant. And especially, I mean, it's, it's meant to be because it's contrasting with, like, they're in the gritty kind of, like, part of the city. And then they mm-hmm. jump in and it's all pastoral and floral and beautiful and stuff. And it's, like, an idyllic kind of uh, Edwardian aesthetic. It's charming as heck. <laughs> so I, I love the penguins. Oh, um, yeah. I like the penguins. I feel like they're... Either they didn't have shadows or they were, they, the shadows were not as impressive as Jerry's, which I thought was kind of funny That because we went from one to the next. I was like, you'd expect this to have been an improvement in some ways. And in some ways it was, but uh, in other ways, no. And then uh, let's, let's move on. Yeah. Move on. Bed nods and broomsticks. Bed and broomsticks. Part of me likes certain aspects of this movie better than Mary Poppins and then others. Yeah, this is just sort of knockoff. Yeah, I <laughs> I feel like it's superior to Mary Poppins up until we get to the soccer game. <laughs> the fucking soccer game. Boring. It's, it's so repetitive mm-hmm. and they reuse a lot of animation there enough that it it's noticeable and it's kind of painful. <laughs> but ain't that just the way of Disney in the 70s? Isn't that just the way? Ain't that just the way? I wrote down repeated bear animation. Yep. I don't remember what that means. Well, again, they, they repeated animation a lot, but the bear had a few animation like <laughs> cycles or something that got repeated. Yeah. One part that impressed me was how they were underwater and then a fish uh, swam into the guy's mouth. Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't expect that. It was cute. That kind of interaction. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful briny sea. That's the name of that song. And it felt weirdly phoned in, like have, have, knowing the full context of the movie and having seen the movie a lot of times, even with that, it like, this song doesn't really feel like it's part of the movie. It feels kind of separate and kind of strange. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that that song was written for Mary Poppins originally. Oh. And then they just recycled it and used it in this. Oh, it is Disney. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough, right? But yeah, no, I guess this was the last time the Sherman Brothers worked with Disney for decades because they had a contract with them and it ran out. And oh. then I think they came back years and years and years later. I forget what it was. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It was... <laughs> yeah, the fucking soccer sequence. It was just kind of dumb. I don't know. It was like, and, and not incredibly impressive, except for some of the designs were nice. I mean, it was Milk Call. Milk Call did the designs, right. which this is why the bear looked like all the other bears that you've ever seen. <laughs> but the secretary bird, I thought, was an amazing character in design. I, I remember always liking the secretary bird, who like is an actual secretary, but that's like what secretary birds look like. And it was just like, oh, nice, good job, guys. Yeah, no, but it, it kind of, kind of not great, but also not the most, I don't know, offensive animation I've ever seen. It's just, just is what it is. Shall we? Yeah, I think it's time to move on. To Rudolph. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So we could have included any kind of Christmas special animation, yeah. but since we had watched Rankin and Bass, 
I felt like we really needed some Rudolph. I, I we, we both love Rudolph, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. <laughs> just confirming. Just confirming. And we still do. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm wondering if that's just the nostalgia factor for us or if it stands up to the test of time. Um, man, that's a good, good question. I do not know. I don't know either. I was like, I mean, I know there's been like people kind of looking at it more recently and being like, wow, everybody's an asshole in this movie, you know? <laughs> and it's like, and they're not wrong. They're not wrong. <laughs> they're not wrong. Donner is the biggest asshole. Oh my God. Yeah. But that doesn't make it a bad movie. It's like, they're supposed to be wrong. Like the characters yeah. are supposed to be assholes. And then it turns out they were wrong all along. But then I guess the people are like, oh no, see kids, you're, you're only useful or you're only worthy if you're like useful to someone in the end or something like with the whole like Santa only needing him for his nose Mm -hmm. when it mattered. But I actually think they were all apologizing to him before that happened. I I think they were all like saying, sorry, Rudolph, before he needed his nose. So I don't know that that argument's necessarily (laughs) valid. Whatever. You know what? It's a goddamn Christmas special and it is nostalgic and we're going to enjoy it. Damn it. And you certainly, at the very beginning, you just like scream, yes, <laughs> when it started. Oh, because uh, they had the newspaper things where they announced the blizzard. <laughs> it just, <laughs> I hadn't seen this. I hadn't seen this in 10 years. Oh. And then I see this ultra familiar thing. Yeah. <sighs> Fair enough. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> you just immediately apologized, but still you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the music. Oh God! Well, the, the Johnny Marks, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a really evil sounding thing. <laughs> oh, oh geez. Okay. I, well, I mean, he he did the. I don't know if he did the incidental music, but he did the songs mm-hmm. and the songs. God songs. damn! So many fucking songs, and they're all memorable. Like I know. I, I can't think of one that I can't think of. <laughs> Sometimes, whenever I'm having a bad day, I'm sitting there like, oh, I'm not just a misfit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, oh, um, I want to talk a little bit about the characters. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rudolph, mm-hmm. I just want to say this is the one instance where a child, like a, a woman doing a child's voice does not annoy me. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty solid. Yeah, Rudolph has a very charming voice. Yeah. Except for when the nose is on. Yeah, that's kind of annoying. annoying. Um, whenever his nose lights up, there's this high-pitched noise. Oh, God, it. yeah. I wonder if that's just like the producers or the director trying to really hammer in how disturbed the adults were by the nose or if that actually happened. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if that if it was an exaggeration or if it was diegetic or what it was <laughs> like like what what is that? Yeah. <laughs> what is that noise? Why they never talked about his nose making a high pitched screeching noise. <laughs> they just talked about it glowing in the song. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> If I met a person with a glowing nose, I wouldn't care. But if it made that noise, <laughs> Maybe I, would I would want care. to see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How about Hermie? Yeah. Uh, oh, I liked him because he wanted to be a dentist. I, I yeah, my, my note is like Hermie's voice is dot dot dot. So annoying. Sorry. It's, it's annoying. But can we agree he's kind of career coded? Um, probably a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. There's yeah. there's a part where he's about to go off on an adventure with Rudolph. And Rudolph says, do you mind that my nose glows? And Hermie says, not if you mind that I'm a dentist. <laughs> a very suggestive pause there. 
<laughs> what a weird code. No, <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, no, his, his his mannerisms and the the way he talks and the way he's kind of presented, there's a little bit of that. And the fact that he feels he doesn't fit in with sure. society. Yep. Yeah. Back in the sixties. Ooh, the sixties. <laughs> yep. <laughs> My note about, God, Santa is a bag of dicks. He's an asshole. He's like needlessly an asshole, especially to the elves when they like do the song and he's like, oh, so bored. When can I go? And they're just singing him a nice little Christmas song. But if I was a Santa, I'd be annoyed too because I'd be like, go make some toys. He ain't doing shit. The elves make the toys. Sorry. Santa's such a dick. I'm sorry. What what an asshole. What does singing a song have to do with their elf duties? I don't know, but it's a concert. Just enjoy the, just enjoy the show, man. Stop bitching. Maybe they sing the same song every year. He's sick of it. <laughs> I have no sympathy for Santa. Okay. <laughs> How about um, Mrs. Claus? Oh, she's great. And we always quote, eat Papa. Yeah. No one likes a skinny Santa. <laughs> um, how about Clarice? I liked her. Me too. I like her a lot. Yeah. Um, I know in the past movies we've seen where a random... Uh, yeah, whatever we're character, female character. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be the romantic interest it's really annoying but with Clarice she's she, useful and she has a pretty voice and she's really yeah. nice to Rudolph yeah the fact that she's so nice to him right off the bat and is just sort of like yeah I don't care you know it's it's really sweet and and then the bit where like uh was it is it Donner runs off it's like it's a man's work <laughs> to go find our son and then they're like fuck that and they both go like Clarice yeah, and the mom it's like Clarice oh yeah Rudolph's mom yeah that's awesome <laughs> and I love her song and it's something um there's always tomorrow I think is what it is yeah. yeah again it's one of those things that I wouldn't have liked when I was a kid because it like it slowed things down I'm like eh, it's the it's the sappy soft quiet mm. sweet song and it's like now I've I almost cried. I almost fucking cried. I always liked it as a kid. That's and good. Clarice might be a Disney princess because all the woodland animals come up. Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah. She is a woodland animal. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Oh, Yukon Cornelius. Oh, Yukon. <laughs> yeah, I love him and his little nuts when he throws the pick in the air. Yeah. And the noise when he licks his pick. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, there's the bumble. The bumble. The abominable snowman. Oh, he's cute. Yeah, and then there's the Charlie in the box. <laughs> and the uh, King, what, Moonraker or some shit? Moon I don't know. Razor. Moonraker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Moonraker. <laughs> so it's a James Bond film. Um, so yeah, Moonraker is basically Aslan. Yeah, he's basically Aslan. Yeah, flying Aslan. Just with his kingdom of misfit toys. Yeah, I love his misfit toys. Oh, they're so cute. Out. I want yeah. a spin-off movie. Aw, spin-off well, Christmas special. Yeah. Thankfully they do all get get home yeah. in the end. So yeah. Here's how much I love this movie. One year during Christmas, someone made little beanie baby type things. Uh-huh. And I have the spotted elephant Aww. and I have King Moon Razor and I might have one more. I forget. But yeah. The spotted elephant was my favorite. Yeah, he's really cute. He's really cute design. Want a spotted elephant. Yeah. I don't see why he's a misfit. No problems there. And also, yeah, what's wrong with the Charlie in the box? I mean, I guess if he talks like Edwin, it might be a little annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and a cowboy who rides an ostrich. An ostrich. I like the, I like the cowboy and the ostrich, too. What's wrong with that? Damn it. And a bird who can swim. And it's call a penguin. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And whatever that doll was. Oh, 
I forget what she could or couldn't do, but she was cute too. She was cute. And of course, oh god, the snowman. The snowman. The snowman. Burlides. Yes. Like, I have a holly. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's always a local station wherever you live that plays Christmas music nonstop. Uh-huh. November through December. Uh-huh. And I sometimes tune in if I'm feeling festive, but dairy. <laughs> I, I usually have to change the channel, but whenever Burlides comes on, oh, I have I mean, to listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. I, I I love his voice. I love any song that he sings in this silver mm-hmm. and gold it's like it's not a random song it's just like an excuse for him to sing really it's like yeah. ah silver and gold gold and silver silver and gold. <laughs> oh, okay i guess we're singing about it now but it's a nice song so i don't care yeah. <laughs> it's it's cute I, I i like the style you know i do it's it's really really weird and like things move really kind of randomly and rapidly sometimes when they like just suddenly start going <laughs> it's like ah, too much um but it's again it's the nostalgia factor i think you just kind of accept it for what it is and it's it, it's charm mm-hmm. you know how i always like fake food in these stop motion movies yes they showed santa's food but it had no details it was the exact same color as the plate like a, no! a gray purple like what the hell but then <laughs> This movie goes into such details as to giving all of Yukon's uh, sled dogs different, very specific breeds. Uh, breeds. Yeah. yeah, there yeah. was a Dachshund, a Poodle, a Pekingese, a Collie, a Bulldog. That's oh. all I wrote down. There might be more. But yeah, they're, you can pick them out. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing them and just be like, oh no, they're not actually like Huskies or Malamutes. They're just <laughs> all sorts of dogs. <laughs> Mush! Yeah, no, it's weird that they don't Go into detail with the food, man. The food is where it's at. What's wrong with y'all? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm pretty sure the movie Elf uh, parodies this when he floats off. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. Iceberg. I almost said Iceborg. And there's a snowman, too. He shows up. Yeah, yeah. Iceborg. <laughs> Iceborg. Yeah, no, no, I don't want to see Elf again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and now we move on to ah. Yellow Submarine. Yellow Submarine, the movie that was lost to time and our own failures oops i think i left it out because it had just a smidge of live action but that was before we did all the ralph bakshi with live action yeah this was before i think we really nailed down our rule our rule yeah which yeah again if the movie can stand on its own without the live action then we're good or vice versa if the movie is so full of live action that the animated part can be cut out then it doesn't count so yeah yeah it's it, it meets the criteria. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> Beatles fans. Sorry, Beatles. I'm about to disappoint all the Beatles fans. Oh, me too. So much. Yeah. Oh, I want to say the good stuff about this movie. Okay, let's talk about good stuff. One is the art style, which was incredibly inventive. And yeah. I saw brand new things I would never see in any other movie. And then I saw uh, inspirations from other art styles. And four. <laughs> from and four. Yeah. And uh, the music was good, of course. Well, I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of random. Yeah, more, more like a kind of like a jukebox musical kind of thing rather than like actually film plot. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and our version of the film was edited or brushed up. Oh, not reanimated. Restored. But restored. Yeah, it was restored frame by frame. Apparently. Oh which God, that's right. We really appreciated. Yeah, that's. Incredible. It must have made it so much more vibrant. Yes. Because it's a very vibrant film. There's so much color in it. Yeah. It's it's like, it's just looking at pop art, and it, but also psychedelic. And it's just, 
It's pretty wild. Um, I also love Jeremy. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, Jeremy Hillary Boob, PhD. Yes. <laughs> Please put some respect on Jeremy's name. Okay. <laughs> and what was the captain's name? Oh, fuck if I know. I don't know. He's the, the captain. The dude with the submarine. The, the dude? The dude abides. The captain of the submarine abides. Um, no, he was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, things I did not like about this movie was the plot. The, and Such as it was. Yeah. And the voice acting. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, it was a lot of really just meandering kind of stuff where they're not really enunciating and I get that they're trying to do the whole like Liverpool accent Beatles just sort of um, but it had no focus. Yeah, they they sounded really bored during yeah. this fantastic adventure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say um, voice acting for uh, the Chief Blue Meanie though, really <laughs> yeah. entertaining yeah. And, and just the character in general is really entertaining and I can see Mark Hamill said at one point, I think in a tweet, that um, like his, his inspiration for the Joker voice, some of that came from the Chief Blue Meanie. Oh, you can kind of hear that he's yeah. like, "This was softened up." So it's like interesting. Even visually, there's kind of some similarities to the Joker. <laughs> but uh, I mean, minus the big fluffy, poofy body and the weird antenna thing i don't know what the fuck the blue meanies are and they really fit the mickey mouse ear hats and everything but they're at least memorable memorable god damn it you creeped me out yeah so what things did you like and dislike about this movie i mean the, the, there, there are a few things there i'm just sort of like you know i i, I like the blue meanies i love the glove you know oh. like like random shit like i was just <laughs> like i'm i'm digging this and like, overall, like, I appreciate that it felt like this weird mashup of, well, I, mean, I guess it predated both, but Allegro Don Tropo and Terry Gilliam's art for Monty Python. Yeah. Like, it, it, it used kind of similar, especially, like, the, I think it was the Eleanor Rigby sequence felt yes. very Terry Gilliam, which is that, that, that kind of limited animation stuff, but, like, using, like, cutouts of pre-existing art or whatever. Yeah. And it's just, it's wild. It's a trip. It's, it's really... In, imaginative and inventive but yeah as an actual like plot that i'm trying to sit through and like trying to follow the story yeah, whatever it was just a meandering mess yeah <laughs> um there were two really random things that i no. absolutely just, loved about this movie. there was so random <laughs> everything was a random thing it was movie. but these two really stuck with me there was okay. at the beginning when the yellow submarine first shows up in england mm. and you see a um a police officer trying to get a cat's attention. He's yeah. like, puss, puss, puss. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and then, did you like the puns? The puns were actually pretty fun. Really? Okay. Yeah. I hated them except for one. Aww. When, um, oh, I forget who answered the door. Whichever beetle was showing the captain around. <laughs> yeah, he was, they were going through an art gallery and he said, oh, my friends are probably displaying. What are they displaying? Displaying around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I liked the one about, yeah, it must be tiring being time. It's a 24-hour job. It's like, I, I, the, some of the little jokes that are littered around like that were really cute and clever, but so much of it was also just like, why are we, what's happening? What are we doing? Yeah. And I liked that Jeremy talked in rhyme. That was really cute. I liked Jeremy. And Jeremy was just a little adorable little a little fun. little bones, little legs, a little poofy tail thing, I guess. He did ballet. Yeah. <laughs> and he knew everything or something. I don't know. Um, how did you like when they animated counting a whole minute? 
Do you remember that? I do remember that. And that was actually really, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, I was like, are we really doing this? I guess we are. Oh, hey, I didn't mind that. Yeah, it, it shows how long a minute really is. Yeah, that was, that was fine. <laughs> I saw this movie back in high school and I was oh. so disappointed in how much I didn't like it because I wanted to like the Beatles, but oh, I just hated this movie and I was excited to see it for this podcast. But once again, I was disappointed. Interesting. I did not know that you had already seen it. I had, but I barely remembered it. Okay. And now I know why, because it's no, not really... It didn't stick with you, because yeah. you didn't know why. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I had never seen it, and uh, I'm not going to say I hated it, but I'm going to say that I was disappointed. Yeah. I was expecting something a little bit more... I don't know why I was expecting something more coherent and cohesive, but, you know, the time it came out, who expects such things? Yeah. But, yeah, I guess I was a little disappointed by that aspect of it like a lot of my notes were just sort of like why is this happening what the hell what is this why are there apples why do they keep dropping apples on people what's going on <laughs> what and why do they need the beetles to save these people i don't know of all the people the captain passes just takes out these guys if they happen to look like the the, the band who got frozen i guess because yeah. then they become themselves and that they're all there and it's weird and they're fighting a dog that has three heads. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. It's weird. But uh they sure did play some Beatles songs. Yeah. And they made that little cameo at the end, which was really cute. Yeah. I actually I, I really liked that. <laughs> they were contractually obligated to be in the movie. Yeah. But I guess that wasn't like the worst thing. I don't think they were disappointed with this one the way they were with other Beatles films. So yeah. Cool. Ah, we did it. We we, we covered it. it. We, we did Yellow Submarine. Sorry, it didn't get its own full episode. We probably would have spent more time talking about it then. But oh well, tis what it is. Next is Ricky Tiki Tavi, which was a half hour. Yeah, a 20, a 20 minutes, half hour uh, short uh, by Chuck Jones. And this was one that I watched when I was really young and that you hadn't seen. I had never seen ever. it. Ever. For me, it was kind of an excuse to bring Chuck Jones back into the spotlight here just a little bit just be like look what he did look what he made just because he was a big fan of like literature and stuff he was like I'm gonna do this so it's Rudyard Kipling Rudyard Kipling yeah and here's here's a Kipling that's not the Jungle Book yeah well it's I mean it's 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 technically a short story in the Jungle Book but sorry Um, (laughs) yeah just like the White Seal and other things like that which I think also was maybe another Chuck Jones I'm not sure Anyway, well, there's no Mowgli. No Mowgli feels different. Yeah, yeah, it's not an actual part of Jungle Books. It's just a short story that takes place in India as well, colonized India. You know how it be, Kipling. What are you gonna do? Um, But it's about yeah, little little mongoose and his being like brought into this family this human family and protecting them from the sneaks in the garden he did a really good job he did a great job that's what mongooses do man yeah um dude mongoose 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 (laughs) mongooses are now one of my favorite animals because yeah they're great they're just shown in such a like cool light in this this the animation on um ricky is really cool he's really good yeah um it's, it's very the way he moves around, where it's like it's like a blur, it's like a little after image after him, yeah. is just so 
it's memorable as hell. Because, like, that was, like, one of the things where, like, when we were watching, I'm like, oh, God, yeah. And then the noise that his whiskers make when they go. <laughs> Everything. And the way he, like, kind of dances around when he encounters a snake was also, like, that chitter, chitter, chitter kind of yeah. thing he does. Very memorable. Yeah, you got fucking Orson Welles doing the narration for all this. It's like, okay, why not, I guess? And and the, a couple of character voices as well. I think he might have been Nag, maybe. But, yeah, Nag and Nagaina. Scary as fuck cobras. Um, <laughs> scary to you. Scary to me because, yeah, again, I saw them when I was like, I saw this when I was maybe three, maybe, maybe four. I don't know. I was really young. And I was like at a friend's house and I was hiding behind the couch when the cobras mm-hmm. came out because they were scary. And the part where they, I think it's Nag gets killed in the bathroom, that really cool fight that makes you think of Lady and the Tramp. Um, yeah. And like the, 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 the cobra, the back of it, smacks up against the screen and you see like the um the spectacles like that 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 impression of like what it looks like what what cobras have on their hoods you know mm-hmm. uh when that flies against the screen and it like flashes like red and yellow and shit scared the shit out oh. of me oh my god i was so scared of that so i like i still get like a little like flinch and tenseness when i watch that scene but it's really cute it's a really cute little short it had cute little music in it too yeah. Um, uh, yeah. it, it didn't seem like Chuck Jones to me except there was this one part uh, Ricky was standing on his hind legs and his, his front paws were were down at his sides like a human oh. and he had these little I can't describe how his hand looked but it's like any cartoon character from Hanna-Barbera you've ever seen <laughs> that's how their hands are Oh, and he was doing that with his hands yeah. that's so funny I, I see it in um Ricky's face sometimes, like from the front view when he's got like the little chubby cheeks and stuff that makes me think Looney Tunes. (laughs) So um, I have to ask, was it worth it, Chuck? Was it worth it, Chuck? I think. Well, this one. This one? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It was worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we have answered. We have answered it. Wow. Oh my God, we did it. (laughs) All right. Moving on to the Pinchcliffe Grand Prix, which is Norway's (sighs) most watched movie Ever. It's like their most successful film. Yeah. In history. And why? We didn't know why. <laughs> why? We, we still don't know why after having seen it. Um, we Okay, so to lay it all out, we watched the English dub. Yes. We, we could not get a hold of whatever the original Norwegian was. And so, so we, we watched this English dub. British dub. British. Yeah, specifically it was British, like a UK dub. Turns out they changed a lot of names and stuff, mm-hmm. but like of the characters. Because like I remember looking it up on Wikipedia and just being like, "Who the fuck is this? What's going on?" And even just now, I didn't realize, you know, the character who was named Sunny Duckworth yeah. in the British version apparently is supposed to be a magpie, not a duck. Oh, okay. Yeah, the whole time we were watching, we we're just like, "Ah, the duck." It's the duck doing things because they said Duckworth. What are we supposed to think? And it looks yeah. like a duck. Okay. Whatever. Walks like a duck and it cracks like a duck. And Lambert, who I guess is like Ludwig or something in the uh, whatever, but he's like a hedgehog, but he looks really weird. Well, they explained it in the movie that he got run over by a lawnmower. But why did they give him a human nose? (laughs) That's a human nose? It's not a hedgehog nose. There's no little black thing at the end. (laughs) I don't know. He got disfigured in an accident. Okay. (laughs) That's what they said. Okay. Well, now I feel all... I feel... Rude now, <laughs> but um, regardless, so it's 
it was harmless, but goddamn, it was just way too long for the amount of actual story content there was. They padded the fuck out of this thing, and I guess we found out that it was originally meant to be like a Christmas special. Yeah, a short Christmas special. Uh, yeah, short. A short <laughs> emphasis on that. <laughs> and instead, they turned it, they padded it out to a full length feature film, and it's like, it did not deserve that. I'm sorry. Was it harmless, though? It had some questionable. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not entirely harmless um, for its time, I bet. But now it's like, oh, God damn it. They had to do it. They had to pack every Middle Eastern stereotype yeah. into this one character. Well, two characters, because there was a, There's a, a lady Duckworth. Yeah, a lady Duckworth. We're going to call them Duckworth. Yeah, who was forced to, to dance. She was like a little concubine kind of like vibes and yeah. out of that, I guess. I Imagine a claymation duck wearing a bra. Pretending to belly dance for no reason. Yeah, lots of like zooms, zoom ins on like the stomach and stuff. Like, why are this is not no please? Yeah. Oh, and I guess the chauffeur and the whole thing with like he's like half gorilla, half chimpanzee, and they kind of treated him like shit. I, I I didn't like that. I'm not sure that was uncomfortable. That was weird. There's something weird about that. Well, um, Eric pointed out that it's probably a pun on a grease monkey. Yeah, but yeah. then the way the characters kept going on about him it felt bad the middle eastern stuff mostly i'm not again i'm not gonna say harmless because usually stereotypes don't come from like (laughs) an innocent frame of reference you know like like it's usually meant to be you know kind of not like not malicious but it's it's maybe somewhat derogatory anyway it, it it comes from a place of prejudice generally yeah um if if you do watch this movie, watch it for the race scene. Yes. That's where I think all of its fame comes from because it was very, very well executed. It was well executed. It felt like a movie. It kind of like, like I'm sorry, it felt like a movie. I felt like a, almost like a live action movie yeah. at that point. And we were like all kind of like invested. And I think at the end we were all like, now that's pod racing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, yeah, that felt... That was about as exciting in some ways as the pot racing sequence in Panorama. So we're gone. Go figure. It was it was entertaining and it was again technically well done. Yes. Like yes. it's technically yeah, like a, a technical achievement. But how is this the most popular thing that Norway has ever produced? I don't know. Do, is it nostalgia for them, like for us Rankin Basses? I mean, it's possible, and if there's, like, other stuff starring these characters, maybe, like, if they're, like, characters that came from, like, a book series, maybe, that we're just not familiar with, or maybe they have, like, other television specials that we're not familiar with, that in my very quick searching, like, I didn't find much. Well, I did find that the director, Ivo Caprino, Mm -hmm. was already very popular in Norway, so Mm -hmm. there's that. There's that. Anyway, we gotta move on. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I chose this movie, The Raggedy Ann and Andy. You chose it? I chose it because you kept talking about oh, The Raggedy Ann and Andy musical adventure because you kept telling me I did. how disturbing this movie was. I, was I, I wanted to disturb you again. I was so disappointed that this did not meet our criteria. Me too. Like, that was my biggest thing. I was like, oh my God, why the fuck can't we watch this? And so when you were like, okay, I will do this for the special. I was like, yes, yes, we get to actually watch it. And I get to see how disturbed you are by it. That was half the fun of it. Oh, yeah. My first note here is, what the hell forest? 
because the characters go into the backyard that has a forest and all this weird stuff happens. My first note was Toy Story on acid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wrote actual toys. I'm scared already. Oh, no. But yeah, this this starts out kind of feeling like Toy Story because when the child isn't in the room, the toys come to life and interact with each other. Absolutely. And they have to freeze when the child comes back. Marceline. Uh, Marcella. 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 Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Marcella, who, by the way, um, is the person Raggedy and was originally made for. So Richard Williams, got to talk about him briefly. Oh, yeah. So he is behind this project, or at least he is the uh, director, uh, like animation director and everything, like had had a lot to do with it. And like all of his projects, it went well over time and well beyond the budget, and he got kicked off the project by the end, because that's just what happens to poor Richard Williams. But god damn if he isn't an animation legend. This is probably the most disappointing thing he has his name attached to, considering his name is attached to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I think animation-wise, this movie is Almost a masterpiece. Oh, oh, it is. Yeah. It is. But the fact that it ended up being this fucking weird and like all the things that he was complaining about or all the things that basically everyone was complaining about is that there's too many songs per minute. Oh, <laughs> and the Most plot is what the fuck is going on. And it's just like he wasn't allowed to cut anything. So he's like, all right, cool. I'm just going to animate the fuck out of everything you're making me not cut. And so then <laughs> hence, yeah, going over budget and over time and everything. But yeah, no, no. When it comes to animation, not saying that that's a disappointment because it's just a showcase of like some of the shit that he was kind of really amazingly good at. And also other animators who worked on it. You have Tissa David, who designed and animated Raggedy Ann herself and was one of the first women to have like a major character in a feature length animated film like be her, like, her baby, the yeah. thing that she got to, like, create and animate herself. And the animation for Raggedy Ann was so good. Yeah. They made her look like a ragdoll. Yes. All the way she moved, her way yeah. her clothes flopped around. And her all the characters, <laughs> all the characters moved the way that they should move yeah. in terms of, like, what they were made out of and who they were and what they were. And it's, that's honestly amazing. God damn it, why does it have to be such a weird movie? <laughs> so much of it is so good and then you have like weird shit happening and you've got one of the characters you got Andy himself saying this is really weird yeah, and like, he, he looks at the audience and says that we cross up so hard and, and the whole audience is like yep you and yeah. me both Andy <laughs> take a drag of cigarette <laughs> this is so weird because it was made in the 70s everything in the 70s is just, it's just so fucking weird the 70s were weird man but um I, I, I gotta geek out about Richard Williams some more. Just okay. like, like, so the, the, the beauty of his animation, which I'm sure he also like impressed upon the rest of his animators who worked under him, was that, so like in animation, usually you have, so 24 frames per second. And usually you have a single drawing holding for two frames. And that's called animating on twos. Mm-hmm. So two frames means more like 12 drawings. So... 24 frames per second. And the more 
frames that you have like um so you could have also like it could hold for three frames it could even hold for four frames the animation is going to look more choppy the more frames you add if that makes sense yeah and i'm not describing it super no, well I get it. okay he animated once wow. so every frame was a different drawing which made it look that much more fluid and that is the secret. No, it's not secret. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it, it's 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 incredibly impressive, and it's it's why like we'll we'll never get to watch it. But the thief and the cobbler, if you look at any of the animation from that, wow, also has like a very distinct and impressive grasp of cinematic camera movements and stuff that he's able to actually like incorporate into this 2D animation that we're watching. Yeah. That's why work, stuff worked so well for Roger Rabbit, because you've actually got like an actual, like an actual camera moving around. They have to match that with the characters they animate. I don't know if we've said this in an episode before, but we allowed the live action stuff because we wanted to watch Roger Rabbit. It's part of the excuse. Yes. <laughs> okay. So yeah, cards on the table. We will be watching. <laughs> okay, good. We have to. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yes. Speaking of animation, there's a scene that I feel like was unfinished on purpose. It's the part where they go into this, what was it, like the laughter castle? Uh, Looney Land? Looney Land, yeah. yeah. And then everything's black and white, and then there's a part where they're going down a spiral staircase, and <laughs> there's no color, it's just sketchy lines, and I feel like they did that on purpose just to brag about how good they were doing everything. You know what's funny is there's almost an identical sequence in Thief and the Cobbler. Wow. Um, with, you've got uh, the attack the cobbler and the thief himself like spinning down the spiral staircase chasing after like this orb and it's 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 so similar <laughs> and i was like wait i've got deja vu what the hell i've seen this before with raggedy <laughs> um and you know what else it reminded me of that part in inside out oh when things get kind of like minimalist minimalist and, yeah and then like they're, they're breaking down into like yeah oh no now we're abstract thoughts or something like that yeah okay yeah yeah actually and then then there's the toy story feels of course so i mean it it, it did feel yeah hey pixar you get some inspiration here mates <laughs> <laughs> Just a <little> <laughs> yeah no and uh we can't talk about this also without talking about Joe Raposo, who did the music. Yeah. Um, which, yes, there's too many songs, but god damn it, they're all catchy. I know. Not fair. This is the guy who did Sesame Street. Um, and he did lots of uh, theme songs for a lot of TV shows, actually. Hmm. But he was really good at short, sweet song. Boom, let's go. Except for The Camel with the Wrinkled Knees. Okay, that one just kept going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good song, but also, yeah, that one, for some reason, they were just like, you know what we're just gonna let's, let's repeat the chorus just a few more times. Just a few <laughs> no, more times. We got it. We got it. Okay, and there's no discussion of this that would be complete without talking about the greedy. The greedy. <laughs> so okay, first of all, <laughs> the greedy was played by Joe Silver, and oh my gosh, this voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of his dialogue was just that, making those noises. <laughs> okay, so the greedy. The greedy is, again, we're talking about animation-wise, incredibly impressive. Yeah. Holy shit, the sequence. It's like constantly moving. The motion is just fluid and floorbling all over the place. And it's just really cool. As it should. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And and then you've, you've got the song. He's He is... Depressed and he eats his feelings and yeah. he will not be complete until he finds his sweetheart. And then he finds out that 
Raggedy Ann. Has a candy heart. What? So first of all, what the fuck does that mean? Is it just like a candy heart sewn inside of this doll? What the fuck? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That's normal. Anyway, nothing. Nothing's normal. She's a rag doll. But why would a rag doll have a candy heart? To make her seem sweeter to children. I don't know. Okay. It's her gimmick. Yeah, whatever. Go with it. Okay, sure, sure, sure. But anyway, he, then he turns into a, a villain mm-hmm. um, and, like, actually physically transforms into this pure nightmare fuel. Um, <laughs> See, that disturbed you. Yeah. What disturbs me is the very beginning when they all, uh, Raggedy Ann, Andy, and the camel fall off a cliff and they get sucked into that taffy yeah. pool. That disturbed me. Okay. And then they they have trouble writing themselves, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> figuring out their bearings. And we meet this guy who might eat them because he's just grabbing everything. That's true. That's true. In sight. Yeah. I guess I had the advantage and disadvantage of knowing where things were going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, as I mentioned, I also saw this film when I was younger. As You, you actually, I think, mentioned that. Yeah. And, um... Like Ricky Ticky Tabby, there's a specific thing that I remembered, and in this movie, it was the greedy turning into that nightmare fuel creation by the end of the sequence, where he's got like an ice cream cone on his nose, and he's got like jagged, sharp teeth mm-hmm. and the glowing eyes, and he just looks just terrifying. But I remember being so scared of that, and uh, yeah, apparently my brother watched this film a lot when we were younger, <laughs> and. I guess he wasn't as freaked out as I was, and maybe I deliberately didn't watch it when when he would watch it. I don't know. That's right. Blame your brother. I'll blame. I'll blame him. No. <laughs> I need to let you know why I started cracking up during the Grady scene. Yeah. So when if the music for his song starts, I don't know if you saw this, but there's so everything that's floating around is basically edible, but then I see these lines. It looks like a sketchy. A bridge or something and uh-huh. I think okay is that going to turn into something or is Raggedy Ann going to use this to get out of here uh-huh. but no Greedy's body rises up to sing his song these sketchy lines turn into a thong oh yeah have no, you I've seen that yeah I saw that he was dressed up in a oh weird way <laughs> but uh I, I started cracking up and then I I had to watch to see if it was really true, and his body turns around and around, so you can see this is definitely a oh, thong yeah. Yeah, no. in this kid's movie, and he's got that peanut shell bra. <laughs> yep. It just turns into a drag queen all of a sudden, I guess. I don't know. It's Yeah, I thought that was pretty weird. Anyway, I cracked up. Yeah, I remember you cracked up. <laughs> now, there was other disturbing, not necessarily family-friendly stuff in this film, too, with uh, Captain Contagious and his pelvic thrusts yeah and his mustache yeah. his sentient mustache that yeah. does things anyway and then there were um raggedy ann and andy leaving the house to go save babette mm-hmm. they they fall out of a two-story window three-story window yeah and it looks like they died it when looks they hit pretty the bad yeah they just crumple but then they're fine because they're they're randoms but you don't know that because there's a, a moment where they don't move yeah it's a weird weird ass movie my notes, I kept saying stuff like, it's disarmingly charming, it's fucking weird, but also strangely sweet, like, the, the just really weirdly memorable shit. Like, like I remembered the king laughing so hard as he was blowing up, and then they pop him, and, like, uh, his head getting really big, and, of course, the greedy. I remembered the camels singing in the sky in their caravan, yeah. and the, that, that, that song gets stuck in my head. 
Yeah, I remember the creepy toys in the room with their creepy designs. Yeah. <laughs> um, there oh, so many weird toys I've never seen in my life. Yeah. Um, the twin dolls are called <laughs> the twin pennies. Are they actual dolls? Are they I real so. things? Oh. You know, I think they might be an homage to Fleischer Studios because they did Raggedy Ann comics or, okay. um, or shorts back in the day. Yeah, they kind of looked like Betty Boopish almost. Yeah. 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 Huh. And they were also terrifying. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? <laughs> Just, your unending questions. Just shut up. She's about to tell you. Yeah. Sure. Let her speak. Or there's sing. a really creepy clown doll that can wind around you. Yeah. No. But, but she's also charming. And I really wanted her to be played by Arlene Sorkin because she had a, a Harley oh. Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn look yeah, to her. But yeah. No, she wasn't. <sighs> oh, and they have a yellow submarine reference at the end. Did they? Yeah. Oh, Their plane looks like a yellow submarine. Oh. <laughs> Yay. And it's worth noting that Raggedy Ann was played by Dee Dee Kong. Oh, yes. That's right. I love her voice so much. It was very sweet. Very sweet. And um, and Andy, Andy is played was... by Mark Baker, who's apparently like big in theater. Yeah, and you can hear it, honestly, mm-hmm. when he sings and stuff. It's, it's He's one of the better voices do you recommend people watch this movie? Yeah, I do. Good. It is an animation <laughs> masterpiece, and it will disturb you, but if you know that going in, it's very enjoyable. Yeah. Just don't let anyone under five be needing where near this, please. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was probably under five when I first saw it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I don't know. Like, if, if, if You could maybe let your kids watch it. If, yeah. I mean, my brother wasn't traumatized by it, so I mean, yeah. I guess he's okay. I, I, I guess I'm okay. Am I? <laughs> are any of us okay? <laughs> and there are some jokes for adults too in this. Kind yeah. of like Pixar is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, Absolutely. There's a moment when the king is trying to use a phone. Oh, he, he does it wrong. And then in the background, like Sir Looney says, just speak up into it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that sequence is really funny. And like the idea of like him wanting the last laugh is like the best laugh. It's just like, Funny, clever little things. Yeah. Okay, the king reminded me of Bell Brooks. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, man. I loved his voice. Yeah, no, it was great. Oh, he makes me expand real good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was a line. <laughs> that, that was Marty Brill. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, and the, 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 the loony night guy was I also really funny. Like, this little fog. <laughs> I do it because I love, love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? No, see, watch this goddamn weird yeah. movie. Just do it. And apparently it's not on DVD or VHS anymore. Um, yeah, you'd have to be real thrifty to find it anywhere at this point. Like, like I don't know how, like eBay maybe, like on... Mm. If it's on VHS, which it, I guess it would exist somewhere on VHS. It's just, yeah, if you, you can't just buy it, though. Well, Elijah Wood restored Belladonna of Sadness. Maybe he can restore this one, too. <laughs> well, that's if the original stuff still exists. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. That's still a weird fact. Okay, anyway. Turn me back that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Hey, Annabella. <laughs> okay. Animal Olympics? Animal Olympics. Yeah, and then call it. Okay. A little bit about that. I don't have much to say. Neither do I. Um, mostly just, again, another movie that I 
saw a lot as a kid and apparently my brother did too i think this one we would like watch together and mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed 1980 olympics is it was, it was made as a special for that yeah and it's so 80s it's i love it so 80s um and it's great because it's 1980s so it's like we're, we're, we're like almost a little hint of 70s but it still feel pretty fucking 80s yeah. i i liked all the the weird olympics jokes and yeah and I, I got tired of the plots kind of Oh no! Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I I liked that we had like actual plots that we came back to and like kind of like mm-hmm. see them play out, just kind of like the way it is with the Olympics. You know, the coverage isn't just like everything all at the same time; it's just sort of scattered throughout. You're like, oh yeah, let's see what they're doing in track today. You know, like days later, it's like, oh yeah, that person's still doing well. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like you come back to these things. The yeah. marathon was fucking ridiculous, though. Like it's that was so, so long. long. It's like they would be dead, but. <laughs> Um, it's still probably for me one of the most memorable like sequences coming back to the the marathon runners yeah. like repeatedly and their little blossoming love story. Yeah. Kit Mambo, man. <laughs> <laughs> and Rene, I can't remember his last name. Anyway. <laughs> and they had Barbara Warblers. Oh yeah. Well, I mean they okay, so voices. Voices wise, we had that was Gilda Gilda Radner. Yeah. And we also had Billy Crystal mm-hmm. and we also had um Harry Shearer. Who of, of Simpsons fame? Yeah, Dude, and all these people were doing all these voices, and you're just sitting there like, I I know these voices. This is great. And they they had such cute little pun names for everyone. Yeah, we also had yet again another movie that just couldn't avoid racism. Um, yeah, the Japanese the, the Olympic thing. What, I, what, did he do gymnastics? I think it was gymnastics. Yeah, and it's just like that was not needed. It was so not necessary. But I guess yeah, in the eighties opinions of japan were not necessarily super great in the u.s so <sighs> yeah i feel like a lot of asian portrayal in the 80s was just really not where it should have been by then like i feel yeah. like it took a really long time for that to like come on let's do this right y'all <laughs> maybe not till my 90s <laughs> was that one gymnast a mongoose or was she uh like a, a ferret a st- a stoat or a mink or something like maybe, that. Maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That was my favorite. That was a really cool sequence. I liked the ice skating sequence with the couple. I liked that one. I just yeah. thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always liked the otter um, when I was little just because I, I just thought it was a fun character. And I liked the undersea sequence with the, the music. Um, so so a couple of fun random facts. Brad Bird was an animator in this movie. Cool. Um, you also had Roger Allers who animated Kit Mambo. Went on, you know, to co-direct The Lion King, that's all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can't remember his name, but uh, another animator who went on to make Ferngully. Yeah. Which, does that meet our criteria? I think it does. I guess we'll find out. Well, if it doesn't, we'll cover it sometime in a special Oh, in a special. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's hard. I mean, how can you not talk about Ferngully? Yeah. Yeah, no, Animal Olympics, it's a, another movie that I would recommend people check out. If if you want to see some some sort of like like a little time capsule, <laughs> and and if if you enjoy like kind of like Zootopia level like yeah. animals are are in a people world, you know that that kind of thing, yeah. then absolutely check it out. It's it's cute. Does that God, does that love Animal Olympics? I I mean I guess so. There's probably a lot to talk about, but we're we're running out of time. Honestly, I you hate are. to have to do that, but. I guess that covers it. I guess we've covered all of our movies that we watched and all of our sequences that we watched. I have a fun closing question for you. Oh, shit. I wish I'd thought of one for you. Darn it. <laughs> Let me find it. 
I didn't know we were doing this. It's a surprise. <gasps> Pop quiz. <laughs> Shit. So in 50 episodes, we went from 1937 to 1984. In your best guess, oh God. where do you think we'll be in time 50 episodes from now? My best guess is in the early 2000s. I was going to say late 90s. Oh, we'll have to see who's yeah. right. Oh, my God. Yeah, because I was sitting there thinking, like, I think we're going to be in the 90s still. Because there's a lot of movies in the 90s. There's a lot of bad movies, though. There's a lot of bad ones. That's true. That's true. I, I keep forgetting, like, we're going to be having to skip a lot because of criteria. So, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. We might be in the we'll see. Which, boy, how do you look at this go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As long as we're not in the 80s forever, I think we're going to keep moving pretty soon here, though. We've been moving kind of quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, actually, <laughs> what is our next movie? Apparently, it's a movie called The Adventures of Mark Twain. Okay. Mark Twain. Not 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 The Adventures of Huck Finn or... It says Mark Twain. Okay. Huh. Well, I guess we'll see what Mark Twain gets up to. In, oh boy! In this movie know. that we don't know anything about, yay! That's the other thing that happens with these with when movies meet our criteria. Sometimes they're just like, huh? Out of complete left field. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Well, that's why we're on this journey. This is true to learn new things. Yeah, we've we've got we've watched so many that uh, never had heard of before, and then turned out to be like some of my favorites. So, yeah. and then lots that we have seen before that are really they, they don't really hold up. That should not have existed. <laughs> but yes, we have made it 50 episodes in and here's to another 50 and see what special we're doing. Then. Oh yeah. Oh my Cheers. God, I didn't finish my drink. Oh, I was loud. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So until next time. Bye now. Bye-bye.